Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey Spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am joined with my better pod half and favorite ghoul friend ever, Jessica. Aw, thank you. Hello, spooksters. And today we are bringing you this month's episode of Listener's Encounters. If you are new here, this is all listener-submitted stories. Sometimes they are true crimey, which I do have a true crime one later to talk about. I'm excited. And also paranormal. If you would like to submit a story, you can do so either just sending us an email at threespookgirls at gmail.com or if you go to our website, which is in the link tree. We actually have a contact page and you can do it there as well, whatever you prefer. If you would like to hang out with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are obviously in all the things. Our handle <laughs> there is at Three Spooked Girls. Jessica and I are both on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I've got to figure out how to put those in the link tree. It's in the Facebook group. And speaking of our Facebook group, you can hang out with us there to interact kind of on more regular basis with us. That is Three Spooked Girls Official. We do all kinds of fun stuff over there. Talk about creepy shit. Talk about happy shit. Have watch parties. All kinds of good times. All kinds of good times. Yes, yes, yes. And with that in mind, a little PSA for all y'all that are listening. We love that you reach out to us and talk to us, but sometimes listeners will reach out to us on our personal socials and we don't always see them. We have privacy settings and different things like that. And so they may languish. So anything to do with the podcast, whether it's a hello, how are you? We love the podcast or anything. Make sure that you are messaging either the like page, the Instagram for the show, or at us on Twitter at Three Spooked Girls. Tara and I have access to both or all of those things together. So it's actually much more efficient for y'all because what ends up happening is if it's a question that I can answer, I can jump in and get it versus like, say, if it's a question that I can answer, but you messaged Tara or it was a question for Tara, but you messaged me, it will take a bit longer for us to get there. So we just want to direct everything there. You can, of course, email us at threespookedgirls at gmail.com. There is a submission form on our website if you want to reach out to us, uh, contact us. So there's plenty of ways to get to us. Just make sure if you're asking us anything to go to anything that's at Three Spooked Girls. Yes, yes. So we see it and don't miss it. 
And if you would like to support the show, we have a Patreon as well. That's in the link tree below, or you can go to patreon.com slash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar, you get a bonus episode a month. And from there, it goes up to an up. Get Jessica Slaughter's movie reviews and plot lines, which is two extra bonus episodes. So three at that tier. And then starting at our $5 tier, that's when you start getting video content regularly from us. So we have my new series over there, or newer series over there, Haunted Grounds. That's always video, not just audio. And we also do live streams once a month where Jessica and I essentially give you, I guess, kind of like a live episode. It's stabby format and Jessica and I flip-flop on topics and whatnot. And of course, there's stickers and other cool swag up from there. But before we jump into the stories, I do have a request for you guys. So next month is our favorite month of the year. It is October. So I wanted to ask you all to sit down and think, those who've had paranormal or what have you experiences, send us your most scariest ones. I really want next month to be ultra creepy. So if you've been hanging on to them, like I know some of you guys are, some of you mentioned it in the Facebook group, send them on in. And like I said, we already gave you guys all the ways to reach us to send those. So yeah, we'll look forward to those stories. But for tonight, we have four stories for you guys, and I'm going to let Jessica bring us our first one. Well, thank you, my friend. This one comes, well, there's no name. There was no name on this email, but the handle was like krachel0224. So if you are that individual, this is your story. Salutations, spooky fam, which I love that. I was like, yay. (laughs) It's so fancy. No one ever says salutations anymore. I love it. Right? I've been debating on writing this email for a couple weeks now, since discovering this podcast. I'm currently binging and obsessed. This is a spooky encounter that still haunts me to this day. It's a little lengthy, but totally worth it. I promise. So buckle up, get your drinks, and enjoy. I was 9 or 10 when this happened. It was summer vacation, and as usual, we were up late watching movies in our blanket pallet we made on my brother's bedroom floor. Do you think a pallet is like a fort? No, a pallet's like a pad of blankets, basically, is the easiest way for me to explain it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I went like, maybe this is a super fancy way to say like blanket fort. Nope. A pallet's like a blanket mattress bed pad thing. Got it. I don't know. It's a pallet, Jessica. Fuck. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know things. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going back to the story. It was a little over midnight and we got hungry, so of course we quietly snuck out of his room since our parents' room was right across the hall to get some snackage. While my sister and brother were grabbing the food, I couldn't help but get this weird feeling in my chest as I stare into the doorway. The only light was a small light bulb above the stove, so the hallway slash living room was almost completely dark. I walked towards the hallway and glanced into the living room. At first I saw nothing, but my eyes adjusted and then I saw something that will be branded into my mind forever. There, I saw a dark figure sitting in front of the TV stand with its back to me. I was frozen. No words or sounds came out of me, seeing as I was frozen from fear. After a minute or two, my siblings saw me standing there and asked what's wrong. I said absolutely nothing to them. They made their way to me, and I pointed into the living room. They gasped. The dark figure that was sitting in front of our TV and instantly looked our way the moment they gasped. I remember it having red eyes. These bitches always have red eyes. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) I know. I'm like, ah. 
They instantly started to scream and they bolted for his bedroom and I ran after them, but I wasn't as quick enough and they locked me out. Oh my God, you assholes. Fucking rude. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh man. Never let them live it down. I always say like junk punch people, but I'm like straight junk punch these people. (laughs) Oh my God. I banged on the door for what seemed like a split second before immediately running into the bathroom right next door. I locked the door and jumped into the tub and started crying. That is the appropriate reaction here. Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to get up or open the door. I just laid there until one of them eventually came and got me. We were too afraid to wake my parents up. And to this day, we still don't know how they weren't awoken by our shrieks. We stayed in the room for the remainder of the night until we heard our parents get up the next morning. When we woke up, our parents asked us what we did in the living room last night. Confused, we went out there and looked into the living room. Shocked, we saw all the phone books, which we had kept on the bottom of our TV stands, ripped down the middle and almost torn into shreds. Every picture on our walls were turned to the left. Couch cushions were ripped and pulled off both of them. Both the front and back doors were still deadbolted. We had no explanation except for the truth, which we told them, but they obviously didn't believe us. And to this day, I'm still afraid to go to my parents' house and walk through the living room in the dark. My brother used to deny it, but me and my sister always remembered. He has come around since and admitted he denied it out of fear. We still talk about it to this day, and I'm 27 years old. All I keep thinking is, whatever it was, was looking for something or someone. Thanks for taking the time to read my encounter. I absolutely love the podcast and everyone in this group. You guys are awesome and keep up the amazing work. I'll send in a few more stories down the road. Have a great day, Spigsters. There's so much to unpack with that story. I'm really sorry your siblings pushed you (laughs) or didn't allow you to get into the room. I'm glad they came to find this individual. Fuck, for real. I mean, okay, you're a parent, like... (laughs) If you came downstairs and your kid was like, I didn't do it. There was a creepy thing. Is your first reaction to be like, sure, there was a creepy thing. Well, yes, but I'm a weird parent. So that's true. (laughs) You're like, oh, it's my fault. I brought it in the house. Mm -hmm. Right. God. Okay. So our next story comes from Christina. She actually sent us two stories, but I'm going to save the second one because it is just as creepy. And uh, we'll probably read it in the next one or a future episode, but I'm definitely keeping it. So she writes, I love your podcast. You ladies get me through my work days. Thank you especially for your Lacey and Scott Peterson episodes. It was very informative and eye-opening. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) You know what's weird? Tara and I have been interviewed a lot lately. And every time they're like, what is your favorite episode? The Peterson never pops into my head. But like, I'm super proud of that episode. It's very polarizing and not everybody agrees with what we had to say, but whatever. It's fine. I get called an idiot a lot for my opinions. (laughs) (laughs) You are not. Thank you. You're welcome. We're going to get into the story now. So she writes, there was an elderly friend of my mother's that had been in an unfortunate situation living out of his van. So my mother let him park on our front lawn and use our restroom and house during the day, but sleep outside. Anyways, it went on for over a year and finally there were issues and my mother had to ask him to leave and it was kind of on bad terms when he left. A few months later, we heard from his son that he passed away. Then some weird stuff began. We would often smell cigarettes, which was unusual because no one smoked in the house and we had always made him smoke outside. However, 
The scent would be deep inside the house and would be super strong like someone was standing next to you smoking. This went on for a while with that awful scent, and then we tried to track it down, but it would disappear suddenly. Then one night, I was in the very back bedroom with my only way out one door and up the hallway. I was quietly doing homework, and I felt a strange feeling like I was being watched. I looked up and saw a man walking up the hall, and it was the most shocking and terrifying thing I have ever seen. At first, I thought, okay, I must be imagining this, so I looked away for a moment, and then I looked back. But he was still there. Only closer and advancing up the hallway, this time I got a full look at him and his legs faded out towards the floor, and there were no feet. He was there, but see-through, and continued to advance. I didn't know what to do, I couldn't get away, and he was coming closer and would soon be at my open door. He would soon be blocking my only exit. I got scared, so I screamed the loudest I have ever screamed and ran out the door around him and up the hall. When I finally looked back, he was gone. I woke up the entire house screaming and terrified my poor dogs. Anyways, later when I was thinking about it, I decided I wanted to know why he was here. So when I was growing up, we always had been taught in church that if you had a question, you could pray and ask the Lord your question and clear your mind, and the thought that would come to you while you were praying would be your answer. So I proceeded to pray upon this and ask why this man had came here and visited me after his death. The thought that popped into my head was that he needed my forgiveness for some bad things he had done to me when I was a child in order to move on. This was also the reason we did not allow him to sleep inside our house. Anyways, I've never seen him again and have worked on trying to forgive him. That's interesting. It's very interesting. I wish I was taught prayer that way. My parents always told me to wait on God. Right? All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break to give a shout out to our newest patrons and hear a word from our sponsor. We want to say thank you to our newest patrons since our last listeners episode. Thank you, Winter, Brian for switching to annual, Emily, Mariah, Catherine for increasing to our $10 tier, Lizette, Nicola, Stephanie, Rebecca, Emily A., Hope, Tyler, Heather, Genevieve, Megan, Allie, Elizabeth, Shandy, and Shannon. Thank you guys so, so much for supporting the podcast. Honestly, we are so blown away each and every month that we have new patrons coming in. Your support seriously means the world to us. So thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for supporting us. It's become this amazing community over on Patreon and the different things that we're doing now as content have me very excited. So I'm glad that we have someone to do them for. This episode of Three Spooked Girls is brought to you by Best Fiends. Unless you're newer here, you've heard us talk about Best Fiends by now. We absolutely love it, and we aren't alone, because there are over 100 million global downloads. Literally everyone we know is playing it, and you should too. Definitely. I like to knock out some rounds in between baking, since I'm in full fall mode at this point, so I need all the pumpkin things. And I love that it's a casual game, so it doesn't stress me out either. Same. I love that Best Fiends is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of cute characters to collect. They've created a whole world right on my phone. It's bright and colorful with great graphics, and there's a story all about these cute characters. Right? I love them so much. Also, I knew you were stuck on a level the other day. Did you get past it? I did. I'm back being ahead of Bo with our little competition. I love it. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. 
So mine comes from an anonymous person, which I'm going to tell a story on myself. When we first started reading these stories, I think it was like the first one. We had like several anonymous stories. I was like, God, this anon person, because Tara writes it in there like anon, instead of writing anonymous, she just writes anon. And I was like, this anon person has a lot of stories. And she's like, "Uh, Jessica, those were submitted by different people who wanted to stay anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I love this show. Like, I've been binging it for a week to catch up, and it's amazing to do when I'm crocheting or driving. It's funny because I've been hearing about this podcast for a few years, and it wasn't until recently I found my podcast app on my phone. I swear as you get older, the more technology tries to wipe the floor with you. I would also like to point out that I was raised Catholic, so paranormal shit just doesn't happen, or if it does, we just don't talk about it. Whenever I first moved to this military base in 2011, which of course is hella haunted, I kept having a weird conversation with my then seven-year-old daughter. She would tell me her friend, and it's in quotation marks, her friend Abby and her Mima came to visit her during the night. I wasn't a skeptic per se, but sometimes kids have crazy imaginations and I brushed it off as nothing. Let me back up and say this house we lived in was off the military base in a southern area. You know damn well it was the former resting place of who or what I don't know. Well, one night I had a few friends over having a few drinks. I kept seeing this little girl in a colonial style white gown with mud stained feet and loose hair holding the hand of a woman. The woman was about mid-twenties in a cap and gown with a stained apron. Her hair was pleated into cornrows on her head and then tucked into a severe-looking bun at the nape of her neck. Everything appeared to be normal except there were ligature marks on the woman's neck and the child. Even though it's not solid, it wasn't wholly transparent either. It had puncture marks on its arms and legs. They just stood there, not looking mean or anything, watching. At one point, I was wondering how many glasses of wine I had had and waved it off like I was drunk. My daughter the next day asked me if I had met Abby and her Mima because they told her they had seen me. I froze and was seriously like, what the fuck? Bought a fuckload of sage, some crystals, and began to panic slightly. A few weeks went by with no sightings, and I went to my therapist's office, which was in an older house. I mentioned seeing these two and laughed like clearly needed to not ever drink again. She was laughing too, and then she said, This house used to belong to a formidable city official in the area, but yellow fever killed his children in the 1840s and 60s. His children's nanny was so upset they found her hanging in the attic. My heart dropped to my stomach. I could feel the spreading of the fear in my body. I made the joke that these ghosts had followed me home, and she shrugged, saying I wasn't the first person who said that. I didn't dare mention this to anyone else because I didn't want to seem crazy. This is only the second time I've ever spoken about it to anyone. I have always had what I called a sixth sense, but I didn't really put stock into it, chalking up things that had happened supernaturally to coincidence. That evening, I put myself in the center of the yard and let myself reach out in my special way. And there they were, Abby and her nanny. I smiled and asked what they needed. The nanny gestured at Abby and Abby smiled back at me. I asked again if they needed anything and they didn't respond. Just smiled back at me. I said as long as they were peaceful, they were welcome anytime. They both smiled and then they suddenly weren't there anymore. My husband walked out and asked me why I was sitting in the middle of the yard, but I didn't say anything. Again, don't need people thinking I'm nuts. 
Abby and her nanny never came back. My daughter hasn't mentioned them, although she does remember them. I think they just wanted to be acknowledged like they lived there too, like their lives mattered. I hope I was able to give them some peace. Do I have the ability to talk to the dead? Who fucking knows? I've moved a few times since then, and I've had other encounters. But that's for another time and another story. All right. Our last story comes from Emily. And like I mentioned, it's true crime. Emily writes, Israel Keys kidnapped this girl, Stephanie, who worked at the Common Grounds where I had my second job in high school. It was literally the biggest shit show of Anchorage because it was like, holy fuck. All these young high school and college girls worked at these popular drive through coffee huts, including me as a teenager. Sidebar, yes, we will eventually do Israel Keys. We are just waiting for the time for that because that's a cluster. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, having moved there when I was a kid with my parents. Anyways, this guy Keys came to our house in about April of 2003, I think. I was about 16 or 17. It was definitely the end of the school year, and it was also a weekend, a Saturday. And sidebar, she checked later and replied to me and said it was definitely April 2003 for our story. So if you know anything about him, there's that in your timeline. She was replacing the back deck and he was there to give her an estimate. I remember my mother offering this guy a beer and she asked me to go get it out of the fridge. I walked into the kitchen and grabbed a Michelob light out of the fridge. I had this crazy, weird, creepy as fuck feeling about this dude. So being the petty person I am, I put a few drops of dish soap in his beer so his stomach would become upset, thus causing him to hopefully leave soon. Um, <laughs> Emily. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my God. I remember he thanked me for the beer, took a swig, and then said Michelob Light always had a funny taste to it, doesn't it? I shrugged and smiled a polite smile because I was, you know, 16 or 17 years old. How the fuck would I know? (laughs) (laughs) I was so antsy and creeped out the whole time he stood there talking to my mom. About 10 minutes later, he made a funny face when his stomach made a loud gurgle and told my mom that he'd be in contact with her about the deck, got into his truck, and left. We went inside and I told my mom I didn't think she should hire him. She said, why? I said, he's weird and creepy, but I can't tell you exactly why. She's like, well, he's too expensive anyways. Well, good thing he was out of budget. Right? Fast forward to 2012, and the news breaks over Samantha and Israel Keys being responsible for her murder. My mom called me, as I lived out of state at the time, and told me the news story. She's like, isn't that the guy who came to do a deck estimate? Like, holy shit. We could have both been killed by this guy whenever he came to fix the back deck. This shit still blows my fucking mind, and I am not sorry his psycho ass with his murder kits is dead. And that's Emily's encounter with Israel Keys. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, oh my God. I think we talked about this on the live event. It's like, or in our meet and greet, it's like you, there's like a statistic out there. It's like you meet six people who've committed murders in your lifetime. And I just think like how many serial killers have you, like this is the shit like when I'm pumping gas and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I wonder if one of these people have committed murder. Right? Oh my God. So crazy. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this month's Listener's Encounter episode. Thank you all so much for submitting stories. We got tons and tons of creepy stories this last like month or so. So y'all are amazing. And we are excited to see which ones you guys submit for October. But with that, we are going to sign off and we will see you on Thursday for a stabby snippet. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.